Clash of the Titans is brought to you by birds. Birds. It's happy, <laughs> happy National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day, everybody. Why, I didn't realize. I'm a yeah. lapsed uh, grilled cheesian, I suppose. <laughs> I uh, It wasn't on my calendar. Jenny, yeah. were you the one <laughs> tweeting or endorsing a tweet about how, like, indicting the institution of National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day because we have more important things to worry about? Wow, no. Someone on my feed was like, you know, not like indignantly, but just kind of snarkily um, saying that, um, well, maybe I can find it. Or maybe I unfollowed the person. I would have. I can't. Jeez, priorities. Go to <laughs> we are gonna get to the bottom of this before I, um, before I understand we completely. We 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 can't start recording if that's gonna be in the back of your mind. I've I've no, I know. What? Who said that? Yeah. And one thing is that, um, no, no, you, you, Jenny, it was you. What? what? Oh, no. This tweet from Mr. Magnifico to you that you uh-huh. then posted a link to saying, uh-huh. I don't know who decides these things or who hacked their aspirations, but apparently uh-huh. it's National Grilled Cheese Day. Uh-huh. Doesn't that seem you to know, you to be... You know the reference. No. The reference no? Okay. to aspirations. So, in The Sims 2, and this might be a good time to start recording if you're not... Oh, um, I'm, I've, I I have this whole thing because it just starts when the okay, call good. starts. Great, 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 great. Okay, so in The Sims 2, um, every Sim has an aspiration, which is like what uh, the the kind of Sim that they aspire to be. You know, like a Sim who knows a lot about stuff or okay. a Sim who earns a lot of money or a Sim who has a, a big happy family. And something that can go tragically wrong when you're playing around with the reward object that lets you change your aspiration, if your sim is in a really bad mood when this happens, um, they there's a fail state, a very rare fail state, where they become a sim who has a grilled cheese sandwich aspiration. And all they ever want to do is talk about grilled cheese. They want to um, make grilled cheese sandwiches. That might be it. That might be the only interactions that are available. To Is this an sandwich. intentional design of the game, yes. or or was it just yes. a default to that when they were playing it out? They're like, you know what, this really works. No, somebody somebody came up with this because um, another thing I just remembered. I'm pretty sure this is true. Is that when a grilled cheese sandwich sim paints a painting? I might just be making this up, but I think that they will only paint paintings of grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. So when when Mr. Magnifico um, okay. is saying he doesn't know who hacked their aspirations. All right. 
that's not a slight against grilled cheese sandwich. Day. Oh, right. That's, Good. that's a reference to the Sims. He, he's suspecting that, that something has gone wrong because grilled if you play enough Sims 2, then grilled cheese sandwich, like anyone praising grilled cheese, cheese sandwiches becomes a yellow flag. Yeah. That's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so much better than the world that I thought that I inhabited. <laughs> no. and the Twitter feed that I thought was being put before my eyes. Yeah, I'm glad we could clear that up. Thank you. If you enjoy Clash of the Typeins, follow us on Twitter at type underscore ins. If you don't have Twitter and you only have Facebook, then go to facebook.com slash clash of the type ins. Yeah, that's it. And uh, that's not going to... You should just get on Twitter, honestly. <laughs> we are not a Facebook podcast. We're a Twitter podcast. Yeah, we're really not. It's um, nice yeah. that you reach out to the Facebook people, though. You, you, throw, you throw them a line. That's nice. And I... Every once in a while. I post on uh, Google Plus for the Google Plus people, which is me. <laughs> you work for Google? <laughs> Um, no, I actually, I, I figured out how to use Google plus, which is to put it, uh, put things on Google plus, um, that either you just want to make sure everybody sees or that you don't want to take up space somewhere where people are going to see it. Um, mm. so that's where I put the recaps of our Dungeons and Dragons sessions. <laughs> Cause if I oh, posted yeah, every- those on my blog, then it'd be like my blog is full of this stupid D&D stuff no one cares about. So it's sort of a way to share without necessarily exposing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, Google Plus yells at me for not having read your D&D posts that I weren't aware were on Google Plus. Really? That's not cool. Uh, Well, when I say yells, it's like... Here's a post you might have missed from Ryan like two months ago describing what happened in his D&D group. Huh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really want them to do that. I never gave them permission to bug people about blah, blah, blah. D- didn't give Google permission to do something. Jokes. Mm-hmm. Google. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 ha Google Plus. More jokes. Google Photos, Google Drive, Google Play, Google Wave, Google Aspirations. <laughs> what we all have. Um, thank you for coming back onto our podcast, J Mac. Thank you for inviting me back. I've been uh, enjoying. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily all the shade thrown in my direction on on the episode. <laughs> Recorded sense, um, but I, I I have been enjoying the um, the <laughs> the name dropping on the on the Zarf episode, and honestly, um, as soon as the fact that there was a Dan Schmidt episode at all on my uh, podcast queue, I just started laughing, just looking that it it, it even happened. So that was delightful. Um, yeah. Just so you know, we were only making fun of you because it's funny. Like this was clear things. in the context. So, oh okay, well, thank good. you, Jenny. But no, this this was perfectly clear, and uh, I was uh, I, I was uh, delighted to uh, receive the invitation to come back and do the um, 
the uh, the depressing bird episode, as we've been calling it internally. <laughs> yes. Um, I want to point out that since Jason came on the podcast last time, um, we had Zarfon because of Jason's suggestion, right? It was something that Jason uh, I think said that, that was had y'all us... were talking in. Well, we were joking about the fact that we should really be playing for a change instead because it was a much better game than Calliope, which is still true. Uh, and uh, then I think on Twitter afterwards, y'all were saying, "Why haven't we invited Zarfon? This is confusing." So you you uh, remedied that very hmm. quickly. Okay. Well, then my theory doesn't work out as well because I had. Well, this... let's just say I'm wrong. Okay. So please continue with your probably more true theory. <laughs> Um, I had this um, this flowchart in my head where you like things that you said on your first appearance on the podcast had caused like the five subsequent podcasts to come into existence, and now we find ourselves like closing the loop and like season six or whatever of Clash of the Titans is just <laughs> J Mac and J Mac related episodes. Yeah, are you are you worried that this will spawn like entire like this this is going to get all fractal and like the, uh, just the fact that you've had me back on will like you know will we'll end on a cliffhanger? No, like, have, resolve. having you back is going to tie up all the loose ends. Okay, and we're okay. not going to have get any ideas from this episode, and oh, we're right, not cool. going to um, we're not going to bring up any jokes that need to be referred to in later seasons. Uh, it's going to be uh, after this episode. We're going to reboot the series, and Jenny and I will meet for the first oh, time. I was just going to say, are we going to retcon everything after this episode? Is this is this Tenchi universe that we're entering into? I watched so much Tenchi stuff on Toonami, and I actually remember almost none of it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, I just know that they rebooted the universe twice and like, in confusing ways. Th- like, rebooted, like, the format. Like, it was just yeah. goofy harem stuff, and then it was, like, space cops. Did I have this right? Yeah. Yeah, there, were, yeah, there was one season where there were space cops, and then there was Tenchi in Tokyo, which I think might have been just the harem stuff, except he moved to Tokyo. And the characters were slightly <laughs> altered. <laughs> Why did I enjoy that show so much? Why don't you? I said, why did I? Oh, okay. Oh, it, it might have been my crush on, uh, what's her name? Ryoko the Space Pirate. Same! High five! <laughs> High five! Oh, uh, good old Ryoko. Yep. So soon, Gary. So, yes, this is the depressing bird episode. Or episodes, because we're going to play a game about birds that's depressing, and then we're going to play a game about birds that's depressing. (laughs) And um, the Clash of the Typons format is not um, optimized for depressing stuff, so you can probably just stop listening to this one. Yeah, you didn't want to do this, this Ryan. Like when when we were first yeah. talking about bringing me on the show, and I was like, oh, oh we could do we could do Warbler, and then you're like, no, nah, that's not. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, what if I if if I may ask, like what what brought you around? Uh, we kept on uh, talking about it for one thing, and for another thing, you are delightful, and I wanted to have you back on the show. Oh well, thank you. 
Yeah, <laughs> write another game that's not depressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say there, there's at least one other, but uh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, Jason, is there anything in the IF comp rules that prohibits you from entering? Um, that's an excellent question. Uh, I don't think that there's anything in the IF comp rules that would prohibit me from entering. This is still not a thing I would want to do because I think it would make, uh, I think the revelation that one of the games is by me would, uh, be, uh, deeply unpopular. Oh, it would be a a terrible idea. It's a very bad idea. (laughs) I don't, I do not think this has ever happened in the history of the IF comp, which has had all of four organizers, most of whom are Stephen Grenade. <laughs> Wait, Jason? that sentence didn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I'm not didn't. saying that Stephen Grenade is, <laughs> is four people is is two people out of four. Um, I, but you probably you probably understand what I meant to say, so I will stop explaining it. Yes, you are asking. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, is there anything in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball? <laughs> uh just in in like in in the the, the rules of of life or or, or in basketball or of or of The Sims Two or of IF Comp. I'm not familiar with all the rules of all of these things, so I cannot speak with authority on this. Okay. Well, find out and get back to me. Sure. Have we talked before about the Airbud Extended Universe? (laughs) No. Okay. Well, you know that JJ killed that, right? (laughs) Um, Ah, Star Wars joke. (laughs) Sorry, please continue. The oh, um, I thought you meant JJ guest. So that joke was. I had just decided I didn't get it. It okay. Yeah, I like yours better. Let's go with that. <laughs> um. Okay. So Airbud, the dog, um, was in a bunch of stupid movies about playing various sports. Okay. This is understood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. At some point, Airbud met a girl bud. And had a bunch of babies, okay, as dogs okay. do. Uh-huh. Um, but the, uh, and these children of Airbud have their own movie series, okay, but they can talk. Huh. And it's nothing, it's not sports or anything. I did watch one. Um, where it was Halloween themed and there was like an evil dog and there were other dogs and, but like the fact that what appeals to me is that this is all distantly in continuity with the original Air Bud, which had no fantasy elements whatsoever. Whereas now his descendants in 2013 are fighting ghosts and making fart jokes out loud like with english speech that their owners can't understand only dogs can talk to each other and are these these are like cg cg assisted dog yeah, talks yes yeah, yes it's terrible yeah, okay yeah, oh jeez yeah. there's nothing yeah. enjoyable a- about it at all except for the absurdity <laughs> of uh like the meta absurdity of these being airbuds kids wow and also oh. ryan styles was the voice of one of the evil dogs Oh my gosh! Is nothing else going on in Ryan Styles' career? Um, I guess not. I, I, <laughs> it's the sort of thing that makes you say, "Like it's it's good to see him working." You know, you just have to say that sometimes. 
Uh, I guess so. I I would only say that if I thought this this was good. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's good to see somebody working when they're working out of uh, an animated animal mouth, which is just <laughs> universally terrible. It's it's a bad scene. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Are you just trying to get into the mood for the games we're about to play? Yeah. Like, can we just talk about these terrible movies that oh. just remind me of people's disintegrating entertainment careers as as we watch? Mm. And just so think about that. Of, speaking of Ryan Stiles' career rotting and dying. Yeah. <laughs> Who's ready That's... for some text adventure games? Yeah, let's talk about the Warbler's Nest. I by Jason I would love McIntosh. to talk about the Warbler's Nest by Jason McIntosh. Um, j- j- like I have it. The first thing I can say about it is that I'm surprised it is a Z code game. I I had no reason to believe it wasn't uh, a Glolks game, and I was really excited to play it in my beta copy of Andrew Plotkin's Lectrote, which is uh, his new Glolks interpreter for Mac Windows Linux, which I really, really enjoy. Oh. And uh, I think it's still an open beta. I do not think he has officially released it. Uh, but it is super awesome, and I've been really enjoying playing new games in it, and I wanted to play Warbler's Nest in it, and I couldn't because it is a Z-Code game. And uh, that tells you a little bit about how old this is at this point, I suppose. But uh, but there you go. We'll be playing it instead in Andrew Hunter's excellent, if um, long-in-the-tooth uh, interpreter Zoom instead. Good old Zoom. Do you like Zoom? Yeah. Oh, I use it all the time. I use it exclusively. Yeah. That's not true. I only use interpreters written by Andrews. <laughs> it doesn't matter which Andrew. That is actually, now that you mention it, uh, true for me as well. <laughs> I think about it that way, but uh, the, the the Hunter Plotkin um, continuum has, has been you know in the informed sphere for some time, so... There you have it. Uh, so did you want me, do you want to just jump into the game? or? Uh, did, did um, you have I think questions? we should uh, front load the fact that, um, uh, well, for some reason, and now I can't remember why, I was thinking that this would be another one of the episodes where um, having not played the game yourself first, is a bad idea, but I guess I don't know whether that's true until the episode exists. So never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode is going to contain spoilers for the Warbler's Nest by J- Jason McMacintosh. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's a very short game, and it sort of depends on a twist. And once you've played it, there it is. You uh, the 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 twist has occurred. So. Um, yeah, I don't know if that means you should play it first and then listen to it again, or if you should decide that, uh, no, I'm not going to play it, and I'm just going to listen to this podcast instead. Or uh, I don't Yeah, know who are we to tell people what to play yeah. or listen to yeah. first? Yeah, you have, you have foreknowledge, you make your choices. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I have found it delightful to, um, I mean, I suppose the way that I would recommend playing this is to, to play it yourself first, and then um enjoy listening to others play the game because i find that that is a del- that that can be a delight in itself 
And uh, again, it is not a long game, so I don't expect this will take very long in any uh, in any case. So I think uh, I hope this will make a good show anyway. We always hope that it will make a good show, and we're always right. 100% of the time. Have we had a bad episode? Oh, God, I hope not. Let's go with no. <laughs> you can tell us. You know, my favorite part of the, um, the Dan Schmidt show, which is my new title for this podcast forever, was, uh, was the part where y'all were... Uh, it was about not even halfway through. It was about a third of your way playing through for a change. And Dan uh, said something about, like, wow, it's like listening to y'all struggling with the puzzles makes me wonder, like, why even put these in here? (laughs) And that (laughs) is, like, that's actually a cogent critique against, uh, not against, but about um, the role of puzzles in interactive fiction and the changing role of puzzles in interactive fiction at all, because that is a game from 1999. Uh, where a, um, you know, even though, um, like, Adam Cadre's Photopia existed, uh, that was still only a year old. And the whole idea of quote-unquote puzzleless IF uh, was still pretty novel, and it was still expected that your game would be primarily a, a, a puzzle, what is now called a puzzle fest, because it is now considered somewhat unusual to have a puzzly game. But at, at the time, I would argue it was still pretty normal. And to hear him just look back on this game and go like, I just, I just threw puzzles at you left and right. It seems kind of weird now. And uh, that, that was very fascinating. On, yeah. In the case of For a Change, um, if, you, if there aren't any puzzles, then what is that game? Oh, it's, well, it's, yes, it's straight up a puzzle game. Yeah. But it's, it's also an exploration of this space where you are, it is described to you in this, in this alien, uh, not alien, but you know, it's in English, but it's uh, intentionally very obtuse. Because you're in English the entire time. And, uh, are you an ant? Really? Did you ever fi- finish listening to the Dan Schmidt show? No, I didn't. You know what? I, I, uh, <laughs> you caught me. You caught me red, red, and red. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess we're done here. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, there's a part where Ryan reveals that he thought we were ants the entire time. Oh, cause no, I did hear the part where he's like, I think I know what's going on, but I'm not going to say anything. And you said that like five times. And at that point, I was done washing the dishes. So I put the show aside and I haven't picked it up since then. <laughs> uh, oh, no. OK, well, I still have that in front of me. But see, here's the thing. Yes. Even though I know that's going to happen, I'm going to I have a lot of dirty dishes and I'm going to go home and clean them. And I will I will resume my <laughs> personal playback of that episode and i will delight in that part even though i know it's coming up and i hope that's how people who have perhaps already played the warbler's nest or who have put this podcast down to go play the warbler's nest feel about listening to a playthrough of the warbler's nest by jason mcintosh okay but we need to close the parenthesis on puzzles in if if you wish i insist okay let's let's (laughs) let's close that 
I mean, that that game could have been, it could have had one puzzle, which was do a thing with the rock and otherwise just been in exploration until we got to the part where we did a thing with the rock and then the wall collapsed. And then I guess it would have another puzzle, which is don't drown. Are you talking about if you're still an ant or if uh, just, yeah, I guess, no, I agree with, I know I agree with you. And, uh, I suppose it, it could just um, lean more on the, uh, you know, the 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 obtuse language use, but the, it, it's still like a puzzle of like figuring out. Well, yeah, the whole game is still about like figuring out what's going on. Mm-hmm. But to listen to y'all play it, like I have a good memory. Like I played that game, and because I just played it by myself, and I, it took me a couple hours, and I remember playing it, and just having a great time. But listening to other people play through, it does sound like, like, oh, man, every step I take, there's another puzzle, which wasn't necessarily the case. But that's that ends up what it's it sounded like to hear other people play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm not suggesting. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that it would necessarily be a better game with fewer puzzles. It just feels like in 1999, that wasn't necessarily an alternative that people were even considering. It was like, well, what is the gameplay? It's going to be puzzles because that's what these games are. So what kind of puzzles do I include? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that the game is exactly what it wants to be. Um, Mm -hmm. I would not I I I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, it's it 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 is at hmm. it feels like a really solid piece of late 90s a super solid piece of late 90s uh, interactive fiction, whereas today it would feel like, oh, it's this kind of throwbacky puzzle fest. And mm-hmm. people would welcome it, but they would that's what they would call it. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think nowadays you'd more expect to see the kind of abstruse language in a Twine game. Um, yes. And also, some of those puzzles would be a lot nicer in twine. Mm. Nicer in the sense is easier or, oh, these would work so much better. Way easier. Uh-huh. Um, because, um, and I listened to, in addition to listening to it like the three times that you have to listen to something while you're editing it, uh, I was listening to that episode again and thinking or realizing that the one solution that kind of sets off the rest of the game um, of spoiler dropping the rock into the crack um, was like, we almost couldn't get that. Like it was a crazy fluke that we happened to try that, or maybe Dan just like made us. (laughs) And um, if the, if it had been, you know, a link, where there's a hole on it and then you click on the word hole and you click on the word rock. Um, it would Mm -hmm. be, I mean, it wouldn't subtract from the puzzleaciousness of it, but it would be a lot less crazy. Yeah. And well, well, crazy is not a precise word. I mean, I remember when I, I played the game, I came to the realization, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. And then it unfolded and it was beautiful. And certainly if the game was in hypertext, uh, you could certainly have that same realization and carry through that action. 
Uh, or you could discover it by just doing the, you know, the, the old timey graphical adventure thing of like, okay, I'm stuck. So I will smash every object in my inventory against every hotspot yeah. on the screen. Um, right, and, which is much less satisfying of an experience. But that isn't to say that uh, just because a, a game is uh, clicky or hypertexty, it's 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 doomed to have every play session end up that way. If it's well written, then the the player will not go there. Yeah. Yeah. Although the assumption on this show is that only games that you type into can be good. <laughs> that's just because of the clicky keyboard noises though it's true i don't know if i could stand an episode where the only noise that precedes the next thing happening is a single click noise oh yeah <sighs> kill me now <laughs> but we're recording a podcast Kill me as soon as we're done with this podcast. <laughs> All right. And then you have to edit it. Oh. <laughs> you walked okay, into I'm that gonna, one, Jenny. I'm going to kill you after you're done editing this podcast, oh, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to look forward to. Well, thank you for coming on the show again, Dan, so that we could discuss your uh, your game for a change. <laughs> I can't wait to play for a change, a game by me, Dan Schmidt. <laughs> Best game. Okay. Did we, now that we're uh, 28 minutes into my recording at least, did we want to actually start playing The Warbler's Nest by Jason McMacintosh? I might have to edit um, a lot of this out. I don't think that Airbud <laughs> stuff is going to get in the final episode. <laughs> I was thinking that if this show was bad, you could just play the earbud stuff on a loop. <laughs> I might have to do a secret episode, uh, you know, where they have to solve a puzzle to get okay. to the earbud stuff. Make uh, it a bonus for uh, backers. There you go. Like well, they'll they'll just, they'll, <laughs> they'll just eat anything for content. It's like, yay, earbud! No one else could hear this. In addition to. Um, the, uh, maybe you saw on Twitter last night, Jason, or maybe you didn't, that J Jenny and I were talking about the, oh my gosh, we were talking about the, uh, puzzle that we, that we alluded, we were talking about the last time you were on the show and, um, talking about how no one had been able to solve them and it had been however long. It's been a while. Right, right. Um, and Jenny and I were trying to be as obvious as we could that there was some sort of puzzle that people should be able to do something about without actually giving any clues as to what it was. And um, in addition to that puzzle, there is another piece of less exciting secret content where... Um, and it's Jason, I'm just going to explain this puzzle to you. I'm ready. I'm going to rcveter.net slash clash. Okay. Should I be doing this? Uh, yeah, go to this so I can, you know. All right. Go to the website. Okay. Nice green, very green. color scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Green on green. If you scroll all the way down. You're... All right. That's my scrolling noise. Yeah, here I am. Yeah. Mystery of the Cave Maze? Mystery of Cave Maze. Have at? you ever checked that out? 
No. Okay. No, I never saw this before. All right. Um, it's a game by Rex Bader. You know, <laughs> I never did escape. <laughs> Mystery of Cave Maze. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> what? No, that's just a great opening. <laughs> no, I never did escape. I never did escape. Mystery, Mystery of Cave Actually, I don't great... remember this. That's like the beginning of a Tiny Toons episode or something. Just <laughs> cold, cold open and then crash into the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, now I want to... I'm seeing stuff in here that I don't remember from... Actually, I'm just going to tell you that this is a puzzle and you can figure it out yourself, Jason. All right. Exercise for the reader. Yeah. Are, are, wait, are you saying I should do it right now? Are we playing No, this? no, no. We're not playing Mystery <laughs> of Cave Maze on the podcast. Oh, God. It's Inception. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 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 uh. Uh. I'm closing the tab. Good. I'm closing the tab. I'm tab closing. Closed. Yes. Yeah. What a wonderful time we're having. Um, that was close. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyway, so like I said to Jenny, I have like six different things out there that uh, are... What did I say? Uh, what did you... I just closed my Twitter tab so it wouldn't distract me. I have like six things out there that nobody has found. I'm like a young Mogwai poet. <laughs> and it might actually be six. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Mogwai poet being Jim Crawford of Jimmy, Frog Jimmy Fractions. Crawcraw. You mean Jimmy Crawcraw? That's the only way I can remember his name, because otherwise I call him Jim Monroe. <laughs> he was telling life. me about something, something he was going to do in his life that was not actually an ARG. I was like, oh man, everybody is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> oh. And I really want to do more args, but you have to be a genius like Jimmy Craw. You should do you should do an arg where there's a message in all of those tweets about how many miles you biked. Oh, ooh, yeah, I like that. No one is ever gonna figure it out. Well, I can't encode the you know, message in the numbers because those have to be accurate. Right. right. Um, so I would have to do something in the formatting of like whether I add a colon or not. Mm -hmm. and, uh, whether or not you apologize for only biking 2.3 yes. miles. Yes. What, no, what you clearly do is you you have a, a sequence of bicycle maneuvers resulting in these mile lengths, and it turns out that these lengths only oh. make sense, could only possibly have happened had you biked these particular routes, which, if you trace them out on a map, spell <laughs> letter forms that say another number. And you can just uh, keep going on that as much as you want. <laughs> Has there well, been a... A puzzle hunt puzzle because they often do iterate, you know. Um, but I guess yes. there has been one where it iterates just like fifty times. And... Oh yeah, oh, no, there's man. by uh, that one designer whose name I cannot remember, but uh, yeah. No, there is uh, there is a uh, 
What was it called? Not Picasso. Do we do we really want to talk about mystery hunt puzzles? I didn't even play in the mystery hunt. I know I refuse to talk about it. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we do want to play both games. Um, do today. we really? Because I feel like we're avoiding them. Well, so much. Okay, but so much of what we're saying isn't going to end up on the podcast because we can't That's talk true. about puzzles. We can't talk about right. Airbud. Um. <laughs> There's nothing in the rules that says we can't talk about it. <laughs> Do you have the Warbler's Nest started up? Uh, yeah, I got it. It's here. It's in front of me. Actually, wait, I'm going to close this tab to MIT because we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. I appreciate okay. that you opened the tab. I was seeing if I could remember what this puzzle was called, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Mm. What are we here to talk about? Uh, I thought we would play um, The Warbler's Nest by uh, Jason McMacintosh. Okay. Okay. Which is, is in front of me. I guess. All Why right. don't you uh, read the stuff on the screen, I guess. I'll start reading the stuff on the screen in my Optima 16-point font, because that's how I play Zoom on a yellow background. Hey. Um, okay. Okay. <clears throat> Surely, the reed bank counts as a wild place. While it gives you so much, you've never tended it, not really, not like you do with your garden. And you've certainly seen birds there. It's something like the forest then, but much safer to search without attracting attention. So here you are. The Warbler's Nest, a fairy tale by Jason McIntosh, release 22, serial number 131221, in form 7, build 6G60. I6 slash V6.32 lib 6 slash 12N. For more information about this game, please type about. Among the reeds, the familiar reed bank behind your cottage surrounds you, filling the damp space between your home and the river to the south. Prompt. Okay, should we examine ourselves? Yes. So many years on and still just as God made you underneath your simple homespun shift. X shift. Your clothing. There, said the visiting tailor. Excuse me. This part is in italics. There, said the visiting tailor, finishing his work. That'll see you through for another year. You thanked him and saw him out away from the commotion. After some time absently strolling around your little garden together, exchanging small news and pleasantries, he paused, visibly uncomfortable. I travel quite a bit in my work, you know, he began, slowly. And I've seen plenty of the mischief that the small folk can do. Uh, what? You stumbled, unsettled by his strange subject change. He looked directly into your eyes for two beats before continuing. That's more than two beats. Oh, over to you. Sorry. <laughs> that was ambiguous. Over to you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, um, and now I'm thinking about having to edit out all these pauses. I'm way too up I in know. my head to do this podcast. Um, I've been working on a thing about um, where the... Uh, Let's let's go all the way back to the very first Indian prince. Um, the 
Do you remember the first Indian prince? <laughs> the very first Indian prince? The very prince? first Indian prince. Well, I won't bore Indian, you with the details. As in the Indian subcontinents, prince as in uh, oh, a young Indians. member of royalty? Oh, okay. On Never Neverland. Oh. So, a lot of times I've noticed um, from like browsing through Playfic, um, players or authors, new authors, will um, add uh, clothing as an inventory item and allow you to uh, take it off and um, are then enamored of the idea or the possibility of the player character having to go around naked um, and not really uh, following through on the implications of this because what is a play fic. You know, we're just having fun. Um, but I was, I've been working more recently on a game where the idea of uh, taking off your clothes and going around naked is tied into the story. And I want to know here if I can greater than sign take off shift. Take off shift. You know, I always use the verb doff for this because oh. that was the example. Now, I'm going to type take off because that's what he said. But I, I just uh, <laughs> doff is a word I learned specifically from Infocom's instruction manual for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And I have, have used it ever since then. A little sure, bit of personal saves keystrokes. There. Several keystrokes. Right. Doff and Dawn. That's how, that's how it I goes. I hit return. You've no need to disrobe now. Okay. Spit spot. <laughs> um, Spit spot. That's not a verb I recognize. Oh. Huh. Did you put in the hyphen? Uh, I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Even <laughs> that's what Mary Poppins says. Oh, I was doing. Go. A reference to the "What Made the Red Man Red" song from Peter Pan. And then I was doing a reference to Mary Poppins. This is all culture that's beyond me. I apologize. Are you like well, old or something? Or young? I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am beyond time, perhaps. Or just sheltered. I don't know. I play too many video games, Ryan. That's what it comes down to. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Inventory. You are carrying nothing. Okay. Okay. So we have come to the reed bank to do with that. Can we examine the reeds? Examine reed. Actually, it's not what I typed. Examine reeds. It's midsummer and the reeds grow thick and green. Their tall purple flowers are just starting to come in. Look examine in... flowers? Oh. Let's do examine flowers first. Um, same message. Okay. Yeah, look in the reeds. Peer through reeds. <laughs> I will try look in reeds first. Eggshells, he said. You should find two, empty, but mostly whole. Well, you said, that's easy enough. Uh, Hod down the road has a hen and... No, he interrupted with a shake of his gray head. You've got to find them in the wild places in between, where nobody lives, not even them. Go out in the hour just before sundown when they're not quite awake yet. 
remembering you look at the sky reflexively. Today, the sky is a uniform middling gray overcast. You part the reeds nearest you and you peer at the marshy ground underneath them, but find nothing useful. (sighs) Okay. I don't need to tell you that we need some eggshells. <laughs> no. No, you don't. Uh, what are our what are our nouns? What our what are our nouns? Yeah. Yeah. Type in what, nouns I, and hit enter. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, forgotten the room description. Oh, this isn't something I've done before. At the moment, it means the reads. Him is unset, her is unset, and them is unset. Oh, huh. that's pronouns. That's what I hit. I type nouns and I hit enter per your instruction. Well, you did it wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, you could do that, though. You could have uh, repeat with whatever uh, running through visible things and just make a list of every interactable thing that the uh, player could possibly want to do anything with sure apparently this is default behavior which if i knew it at one point i had forgotten because that response surprised me that's that's not anything i I programmed into the game yeah we were talking to um uh zarf introduced us to the concept of the pronouns command when we did the dream hold and i had never heard of it before oh that i have skipped that episode entirely not because i wanted to just because it it happened that way you heard it was i did hear the uh no, I didn't hear it was terrible. <laughs> I, I listened to, to the uh, the uh, bigger than you think, and that was uh, delightful. I like that. You have to follow the whims of your dirty dishes That's and true. just play whatever podcast they whisper to you to play. I know how it is. And or hour and a half trips to Boston. Yes, these are my podcast times. Um. Okay, so there are reeds. There's the marsh, or like the river, is south. I will reread. I, I, what I did is, I typed look, oh. and what came out is, among the reeds, the familiar reed bank behind your cottage surrounds you, filling the damp space between your home and the river to the south. Let's go south to the river. South. Beach. A small bulge of sandy beach providing a place to stand comfortably and access the river water clear of the reeds. The river to the south curves gently around it. The river flows here as it always has, clear and cool. All right, let's examine that river. Examine river. This river has provided you water for as long as you've lived here and, of course, sustains the reeds as well. But what do I do with it then, you asked. Once it's revealed itself to you, that's simple, said the tailor. Snatch it up, carry it out of your cottage, and throw it into the river. You tried to accept this matter-of-factly, but you must not have done well. The tailor only shrugged. Throw it into the river, he repeated, and its own kind will come for it. Then they'll have to return what they took from you. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um... We'll go back north and we'll uh, look again for eggshells. 
Okay, I've typed north. I can go look for eggshells. You can't see uh, you any can't such, see any such thing. thing. Uh, you, <laughs> you saw that coming. Uh-huh. Um, why didn't search reads work? Search reads again. I don't know that we tried search reads. Oh. Mm, let's we try search look, reads. Look in reads earlier. Those are synonyms. Uh, How well, turns dare out, you? You part the reeds nearest you and peer at the marshy ground underneath them, but find nothing useful. Much like last time. Okay. Um, enter <laughs> reeds. I'm going to enter the reeds. That's not something you can enter. This is another uh, <laughs> for a change thing where the first puzzle is completely opaque to us and people are screaming at their computers. <laughs> um, oh, yeah also where it's, it's an interesting case where the the default library message is kind of a lie because you're you 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 are already in the reads of course you can enter them <laughs> oh. Doy, but whatever <laughs> rooms that are identical to or like inform rooms that are identical to what they contain um or that are containers but are treated as rooms. Everything is terrible. I would never write a computer game. <laughs> no, it ju it doesn't pay. Someone just pledged nine dollars to my Patreon. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Like right now, while we're doing this. Yeah, it was like ten just... minutes ago or something. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I appreciate it, Sammy. Okay. So, do we feel like we cashed out the beach? Um, I, I, I didn't hear of any nouns to look for things in the beach. Do you want to we try it again? We didn't search the river. Okay. We could try searching the river. Let's do it, yeah. I don't know why there would be eggshells in a river. It seems like they would get get broken up pretty quickly. But we could see what's there. All right, I will go south to the river, and I will go search river. You find nothing of interest. Great. Um, dig. Yeah. Oh, that's not a verb I recognize. Oh, maybe we can find a tree and climb that. Um, can we go back north? And then what are our other exits? Uh, none are listed. None are listed. That doesn't mean they don't exist. The cottage is north. Oh my gosh. Oh, from the cottage the is north. Yeah. What about non... Can we go northeast? I'd be happy to try. A few damp steps take you to a different spot within the familiar reed bank. Oh. Okay. Search reads again. Same message. You find nothing useful. <sighs> Go north. As you start back towards your home, movement among the reeds catches your eye. A little reed bird flies in from the riverbank and vanishes into the green near a tall stalk with an early flower. Hi, little reed bird. Examine that, that stalk. Carefully approaching the tall stalk, you discover the hiding place of the reed bird's nest. 
the reed bird goes about the business of feeding its young. Oh, let's watch a bird. <laughs> Want to watch the bird? Uh, yeah. Um, watch bird, understood as the reed bird. A small, I guess it, it uh, understood watch as a synonym for examine, which surprises me, but there you go. Um, a small reddish bird. It's perched on a stem beside its nest, feeding its young. The reed bird goes about the business of feeding its young. Examine young. This bird has the plumage and shape of one that's hatched very recently. Oddly, though, it looks like a larger animal than the reed bird feeding it. It's so large that it doesn't seem to quite fit in the nest, instead squatting on top of it. The reed bird goes about the business of feeding its young. The reed bird darts away again, perhaps looking for more food for its enormous chick. Examine eggshell. You're hoping to catch me off guard, are you? You can't see any such thing. <laughs> oh. oh, denied. So close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, let's look at the nest. Because I have heard that eggshells exist in nests. A basket-shaped nest of loosely woven brown grasses. It stands out among the bright green summer reeds, but they grow so th thick that it remains well-concealed regardless. It's just high enough off the damp ground to keep it safe from most of the crawling animals. Squatting atop the nest is a single large chick. The chick, now fed, resettles itself atop the nest, preening a bit. As it does so, loose feathers and other bits of refuse drift down to join a pile in the ground beneath it. Ooh, examine pile. Examine pile. Collected under the nest is a small pile of bird leavings. You, <laughs> you spy a small egg lying among the offal. Oh, man, like a whole egg? Oh, that's ominous. Ow, Examine ow. egg. Yeah, yeah. A small spotted egg. Take it. Holding it, you now see that the egg's surface is webbed with cracks, as if it has been dropped. Look in it. Look in egg. You can't see inside, since the small cracked egg is closed. <laughs> Which is probably a library message, too, but yeah, but it it's works. well enough, I suppose. Yeah. Let's open it. Oh, jeez. Okay. Open egg. Peeling away the topmost fragments from the egg's shell reveals the tiny body of a dead chick, unborn, encased in a veined and rotting yolk. You manage to keep your grip on the shell just the same. Welp. <laughs> Empty egg. Grimacing, you upend the egg. The dead thing and its murky goo tumble out wetly. You turn your head away, not caring to see what becomes of it. The shell is empty now. Okay. Oh, great. We got an eggshell. Yeah. This is fun. No, it seems. <laughs> um. Okay. 
I've already forgotten what he told us to do with the eggshell. Uh, we have to get two. Two, okay. Right? I remember a lot of this stuff from playing the game, so it's possible that we haven't been told that we need two. But let's go north, and then... <laughs> sure. Well, if you want, I am using Zoom, so it's it, I can just scroll up. Oh, yeah. And if you want to oh, yeah. your own back... Yeah. I will mentally type in remember that thing that Jason is yeah. looking for. <laughs> the the quote you're remembering is you should find two empty but mostly whole. Okay. Okay. Um so yes. Shall we go north then? Per your suggestion sure. or Jenny? we can do something else. Yeah, let's go north. Okay. Outside the cottage. A space in front of your home long ago cleared from the reed bank to the south. You can see the road from here and, of course, the forest beyond it. Your garden lies here, good earth and green, a row of stones marking it off. The doorway to your cottage is to the east. You could also walk around the cottage to the northeast or the southeast towards a little clearing you know is there. Something is wrong. Uh-oh. Well, should we enter the cottage and check on it? Yeah. We don't have to I act like we've never played this game before. <laughs> I've, I played it a very long time ago, so I remember the main twist, but not the details. What twist? Um, enter, yeah, exactly. Enter cottage. <laughs> that is what I typed. You look at your cottage, but find yourself unable to go within. Something is wrong. And you stand, listening. You realize what's wrong now. It's quiet. You were so involved among the reeds just now that you hadn't paid it mind, but the cottage is silent. Yeah, and go inside the cottage. I will attempt the same command again. No trap. Okay. The silence <laughs> is strange, all right. But you haven't been out of the house that long, and you don't plan on being out that much longer. You chose to take up this task. You'd best see it through before facing what's in there. Oh. Eggshells, he said. You should find two, empty, but mostly whole. This is so linear. It's like... <laughs> why not just send me a text file? <laughs> uh, let's go... I guess we get to choose whether we go northeast or southeast. Uh, let's check out the clearing. You have other options than that. It's true. Oh, let's look at the garden. Sure. Okay. Be happy to. This is where you tend the vegetables for your pottage. Wooden stakes help keep the different plants in line. An uneven line of small stones mark off the little garden's borders. Okay. Good to have small stones. Yeah. Yeah, in case the sun is ever gone. <laughs> Let's Are you insinuating something? I have humor. Let's go southeast. <laughs> southeast. You take a few steps around the side of the cottage, but stop short when a soft sound <gasps> breaks the heavy silence. A scrabbling, snuffling sort of sound coming from behind the cottage. It sounds like something alive. 
The tailor gestured to some mushrooms growing near your garden. It's a fairy ring, he said. These grow where they gather and dance in the forest, and also where they mean to meddle in the places we live. Looking again, yes, the mushrooms did seem to have sort of a circular pattern to them. You mustn't let them grow so near your home like this, first of all, he said. It makes them bolder. All right, you said, unsure why his voice seemed so heavy with concern. I'll just treat them like the weeds in the garden then. Yes, he said, and paused before looking at you again. There's something else. You remain in the garden and in the not-quite-silence. Every noise or lack of noise makes me not want to go where I want to go, and I'm sick of it. (laughs) Okay. I had to tweak this game so many times to make sure that it it made clear that you didn't actually go anywhere because that uh, I was very sloppy with just printing these messages without actually moving the player and just mm. figuring, oh, of course the player would know that you didn't actually move, but it's it turns out that that, that is not an assumption you can safely make. Huh. Yeah. People don't read. That's what you learn from writing and playing text games. Well, it was more that I, I could have... <laughs> it's more that you, you, the author, must be as clear and you know, be succinct, but also be as clear as, as you can, uh, because that, the assumptions you, the author is making are wrong. <laughs> Always. Yeah. That too. But also people don't read. I don't read. Nobody reads. Aaron Reed. <laughs> I've been wanting to make an Aaron Reed joke since we were back. We in were back in the reads and me too. Uh, <laughs> Yay! High five. High five. Nice. Um, Let's go southeast again. Okay. Okay, Okay, southeast. Hearing that scratching, snuffling sound again, you hesitate. Sorry, Ryan. All you're carrying is this eggshell, and you'd feel bolder if you held something a bit more solid. Something that would do in a pinch if it came to it. Okay, take a rock. Yes. Do you want me to like type a semicolon or a period here? It sounds like you want to change some commands. Oh, yeah. I'll just type get rock. Get nah. rock, go southeast. You pull a small round rock from the earth. Amidst worries of eggshells, you find comfort in its solid heft. And then I have new line taken. Sorry, oops. Um, southeast. Behind your cottage. Another small clearing behind your cottage. You do not come here very often, or anyway, not lately. You could wander back into the reeds to the south, or return to your garden by walking northwest or southwest around your home. The road lies to the north, where it runs east, vanishing into the dark wood. The forest also looms to the east of where it's... Let me start over. The forest also looms to the east of where you now stand. An old fallen log reaches out of it into the clearing. Two standing stones mark the earth here, along the rear wall of the cottage. One, waist-high, stands larger than the other. Hmm. Examine stones? Stones. One of these stones stands as tall as your waist, and then a small one only ankle-high, but still conspicuous. You hear that snuffling noise again from somewhere very near. Look in the, the tree trunk. 
look in the tree trunk. I only understood you as far as wanting to look in the log. Okay. I, get a, I don't get about understanding as far as, like, if you understood me as far as wanting to look in the log, why couldn't you just go ahead and look in the log? I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. I wish I could tell you. I'm Graham Nelson. I'll tell you all about why. <laughs> it's because what if the extra words you appended to your command actually made it a different command? I can remember what my Graham Nelson voice is like. <laughs> it was nothing like that, but I am appreciating this. <sighs> <laughs> Actually, it was somewhat like that, just less cowboy. I think the first time I did it, I was trying to be Solomon Grundy. <laughs> okay. But I, I have no consistency with voices that I do because I'm uh, I'm a writer, Jenny. I don't talk. I know. I write. <laughs> uh, look in Good. log, in my opinion. Holy sure. cow. Look in log. Why didn't that work? That is... Okay. Tightening your grip on the rock, you peer behind the log so that you can see the whole of the mushroom ring and whatever else might sit inside it. You see it. A skinny little man wearing a fur coat and a spotted cap. It's lying down right in the center of the fairy ring, damn it all, and its tail twitches as it... Oh. You let go of the breath you hadn't realized you were holding. No, it's not a little man. Though it is another sort of forest creature, true enough, and maybe no less wicked in its way. And that, quote, cap, unquote, does catch your attention. The cap. Take the cap. Wait, examine the thing. Tell me what I am looking at. <laughs> I'm going to, okay, examine the thing. Could you be more specific, please? <laughs> examine man. You can't see any such thing. Examine fox. You can't see any such thing. Look in log. Normally, forest animals like this stoat shy from people. Goat. But this one hasn't noticed you. This is because it has buried its snout into a bird's egg, which it is now licking clean. Hey. You can plainly hear its loud lapping and snuffling as it works to clean out every wet morsel. Heedless of your standing there... The stoat continues lapping noisily at the spotted egg, its paws grasping the shell. Should we throw a rock at it? Um, what if we break the egg? We should probably just pet the stoat. Okay. Make friends. Pet. That's nicer than my plan. Pet the stoat. Oh, unfortunately, that is not a verb I recognize, but it is brilliant. Hug stoat. Hug stoat. <laughs> Keep your mind on the game. <laughs> what did I just type this into, Graham Nelson? Um, we can um, take stout. I keep wanting to type stout. Stout, which is not correct. Mm -hmm. Stout mm -hmm. is a weird word. It is. Quaff stout. <laughs> I'll, I'll try take first because I've already typed it. Sorry. The little animal isn't so absorbed in its meal that it didn't hear it doesn't hear you approach. 
It pulls its head from the egg to regard you just as you draw near. And then quick as a flash, it's gone, swallowed up by the forest. It has left its egg behind. Convenient. Hey. Take egg. Take egg. Uh, open parentheses. The speckled eggshell, close parentheses. You pick up the eggshell from where the little animal left it. Once you've found those eggshells, the tailor continued, what you do is, this sounds strange, but that's the whole point, you see. You need to fill them up with water. Then you carry them, one in each hand, like they're the heaviest buckets. You carry them right back into your cottage, and you show them to him. He paused then, but you only nodded, unsure what to say to all this. Okay. I bet I know where we can get some water. I know where we can get some water. Uh, It's down by the air and reeds. (laughs) Before we go there, um, Jenny, have you ever looked at uh, J. Max, um, like, Invisiclues hints for this game? You know, I might have needed to the first time I was playing it. Um, There's a whole series of hints about, like, what to do when you're in the forest and blah, blah, blah. And then the last hint is like, why did you keep on clicking on these? There's no way to get in the forest. <laughs> What's your problem? It's really good. Yeah. I really enjoy the fake Invisiclues things. I've that never is, seen... of course, a, a, yeah? a tradition that I borrowed directly from Infocom's own Invisiclues because they seeded them with, with bogus hints like that. I uh, never saw And those. they would warn you about that right in, in, the, in the preface. Oh, okay. So you're not a genius for coming up with that idea? <laughs> uh, standing on shoulders of giants, etc. Okay. Um, I heard that was a short joke. If you wish to interpret it that way. Yeah. Does that mean that I am short? And I guess you could, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> My point are, are being... Are you short? Uh, I am Macintosh, as it turns out. She oh. was on her. Oh, right. I'm yeah, sorry, that was inevitable. I just <laughs> thought we'd steer it in there sooner rather than later. I asked on Twitter who people wanted to have back on the show because I knew that we were going to record this in an hour anyway. And uh, Xana said, Emily Short. And I don't know what I'm going to tell her. <laughs> we, sh- we should also have Emily Short back. We should. I wonder if she's oh, written yeah. any other games. Um, so let's go. Uh, can we go like straight south from here to get to the river? We can try. Uh, South. The wind shifts the reeds, hiding the bird's nest from sight. You still see the tall stalk marking where you found it earlier, not far away. Among the reeds, the familiar reed bank behind your cottage surrounds you, filling the damp space between your home and the river to the south. One one particularly tall stalk, topped with an early flower, marks the location of the reed bird's nest. So from here, we could go south again. Just wanted to... Yeah. Right? I feel that I want to do that. We are here at the beach with the same description as our last visit. Um, I think that I had a problem with the command for this somehow. Like, fill eggs. Put water in eggs. Do the one that works. Put river (laughs) in eggs. Put eggs in river. I'm willing to type any one of these or any... Uh, I think the first thing you said was fill eggs, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to try that. What do you want to fill those eggs with? Okay. Water. 
speckled eggshell, colon. You dip the eggshell into the river and then stand back up again. Careful not to spill any. Cracked eggshell, colon. Careful not to spill any water from the other one. You crouch and fill the empty shell from the river. When you stand again, you hold two water-filled eggshells, one in each hand. All right. I guess we take him back to the cottage. Yeah, we take him back. To, we go north, and we go north again, and then we go east. We have gone north. We have gone north again. And there's a lot of text here, so I'm going to read oh, some okay. text. Um, room description. I uh, will skip that. Uh, silence, especially strange for this time of day, sits heavily in the clearing. Just as you step free of the reeds, the cracked eggshell in your hand gives way. In two eye blinks, it collapses on itself the water spilling between your fingers and the broken pieces of shell tumbling to the earth. Useless now. You look up then to the doorway of your cottage. Well, you held two full eggs. Maybe that was enough. Maybe it had better be enough. Maybe it's getting late. Another reflexive look at the sky, still as gray as ever. And maybe you are in the middle of something you don't fully ken, brought about by a man who isn't even here. And maybe you should bring an end to this. Before it gets any later, a night bird calls out from the forest. All these birds. So many birds. Okay. Um, enter cottage. Enter cottage. You pass over the woven reed mats that lie within the doorway, Reeds. and then you are inside. And then you turn to face it. Those words struck you as the most absurd thing your hand moved to cover your breast. But he's mine, you said, unable to come up with a stronger protest. For even now you could hear the wailing, the din that seldom stops, that hasn't in so many months. And a dark, desperate part of you wanted to hear what the tailor had to say. I know of a test, he said. Inside your cottage... Here is where you've lived for so many years, a cottage much like any other, a fine place to rest after a day gathering reeds or preparing thatch. Here you have made meals beyond counting, always for yourself, sometimes for another. It contains scattered furniture, the largest being a table against one wall and a cradle not far from it. But right now, all your attention is on the chair. The baby sits on the chair, held upright by the blanket you tied before you began your search. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Show egg to baby. Egg to baby. You breathe and gather yourself. Then you hang your arm down, making as if the eggshell is a heavy thing, hard to lift. Oh, you say, but it comes out as a croak. Oh, you say again louder. I have brought back the whole river for the pottage, and it's such a heavy thing, do you see? You then lift up the eggshell, straining as if it were a pail filled to spilling. I've heard different things, said the tailor, but they all agree that changelings can't abide humans acting strange and using eggshells in a weird way will always set them off. When a changeling sees such a thing, it can't help but to leap up and declare, Crikey, I'm 200 years old and I've never seen anything as queer as that. Or uh, something of the sort, anyway. And that's how you know you've got a changeling. But that is a pretty good test. Yeah. So, an aside, uh, this is all based on research I did of folklore, which we can talk about more when we're done. But awesome. 
a a common thread in all these was uh, changelings. Like you would do something weird, and they would not be able to resist screaming at you about it. How about what an idiot you are? And then the jig would be up. Which um, is just great. Was the word crikey found in your <laughs> readings? Uh, that that may have been a, a little bit of local flavor I added in. Okay. That's not yeah, an eggshell. This is yeah. an eggshell. <laughs> Apologies to our Australian listeners. That's all our I listeners, like, Jenny. I know. <laughs> Sorry, all our listeners. Um... I shall resume my reading for now. And that's how you know you've got a changeling. But what would I do then, you asked. Uh, Once it's revealed itself to you, that's simple, said the tailor. Snatch it up, carry it out of your cottage, and throw it in the river. Throw it into the river and its own kind will come for it. Then they'll have to return what they took from you. The baby looks right at the eggshell with its dark, dull eyes. And then it opens its mouth. Cut, it says. Cut. Prompt. Uh, um, show egg to baby. And if the baby isn't a changeling, you asked. Well, said the tailor with a smile, I suppose it won't say anything at all. The baby begins howling, just as it has been most every day and most of every day for so long. But it, it didn't start until it saw the eggshell this time. Does that mean something? Did it, did, did it work? What happens now? Well, so I think the first time I played this game, I found the ending where you don't throw the baby in the river, which is making me wonder if we should try throwing the baby in the river. Um, let's just throw the baby in the river then. Okay. That sounds good. Well, okay. The first time I played this game... Maybe the only time I played... Yeah, the only time I played this game, threw the baby in the river. You threw the baby in the river? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we can't we can't go on talking about this like we don't know what's going on, right? Right, right. Okay. No, yeah, no. it's pretty obvious at this point. This game is really amazing. And I wasn't around for, you know, the community conversation about why it's so good at the time. But what affects me most about it is not how fun it is to throw babies in rivers but um the incredibly subtle and naturalistic way the game uh allows you to make a decision about how you feel about the game state about how you feel about what this world is um it's so good and i guess we haven't really gotten there yet um, because so far we've only been able to, uh, or so far we've only, you know, w- our character hasn't expressed an opinion really yet. But we will right. as we march around um, the world of the Warbler's Nest. Hey. Okay, your your, your character, baby? we can, okay, pick up the baby. <laughs> the blanket is tied fast to the chair in such a way that it restrains the baby from slipping out. Okay. Sorry, Jason, what were you going to say? I think what I was going to say was just currently your character is in a state of deep uncertainty right now. Yeah, yeah. Just like I am in a state of deep uncertainty 
on a day-to-day basis. Let's <laughs> um, untie blanket. Untie blanket. You see no way to do that while still holding on to that water-filled eggshell. Drop eggshell, in my opinion. Sure. You dash the eggshell onto the ground. Bits of shell fly everywhere, and the water it contains sinks into the packed earth floor. The baby thrashes in its cries, straining against the blanket. Untie blanket. Reaching to undo the knots you made earlier, you notice that your hands are shaking. And even though you don't think the knots are particularly tight, you can do no more than scrabble and paw at them. Hmm. Um, there's a knife somewhere in here. Get knife. I know what I'm doing. You can't see any <laughs> such thing. Open drawer. <laughs> Might I suggest look? Uh, that would... I'm just going to do it for you. People okay. don't do that in speed runs. Here, <laughs> here is where you've lived for so many years. A cottage just like many, any other. A fine place to rest after a day gathering reeds or preparing thatch. Here you've made meals beyond counting. Always for yourself. Sometimes for another. It contains scattered furniture. The largest being a table against one wall. And a cradle not far from it. The baby sits on the chair held upright by the blanket you tied before you began your search. It thrashes and cries, but your knots hold. Examine of a table. I'm just going to say examine table. Just a simple table made of wood. On the table is the pair of cold iron shears. Cold iron. Take the shears. You toss the rock aside. The iron seems startlingly cold as you close your hand around it. Cut blanket. I'm sorry, Jenny, did you want to say something? No, no, we can cut the blanket. Okay. You know what I'm going to do, just for kicks, is I'm going to save the game right here. All right. Oh, good plan! Let's call it untitled.zoom save. It seems like a good name. <laughs> That's evocative. Yeah. Uh, cut blanket. The cold iron of the shears bites into the blanket. It was a hard birth. Not like the last one, but hard. Still, it ended with you holding the babe in your arms. Without words to describe how you felt, what you said was this. Anda. You really hadn't thought about the name before now, and all at once it seemed strange that you hadn't. Though you hadn't really anyone to talk to about it. But at that moment, you knew it was the right name. Anda, you said again. The blanket now lies raggedly open on the chair with the baby sitting atop it. Kiss the baby. baby. Aw, kiss the baby. Keep your mind on the game. You carefully <laughs> lift the baby, cradling it in your arms. You pause, catching yourself, wanting to go through the familiar motions in spite of all the confusion. So young, but you've lost count of the days, the number of times you've lifted the baby just to hold or to hold to your breast. And weren't those some of the most quietly pleasant times you've spent with the baby, despite everything? Quiet. Yes, says the darker part of you. Quiet, because that's the only time it doesn't cry, that in sleeping. And you hear thoughts darker still. They cry and carry on so because they're greedy, greedier than a human child would be. But you know those words aren't yours. 
for a moment, you close your eyes to the cries and you try to close your mind to what he had suggested, to the fact that you may have even felt some perverse disappointment with the fact that the baby hadn't left up and begun to talk in goblin tongue rhyme when it saw the eggshell. But maybe that's all there is to it. Maybe it was all just a foolish suggestion from a foolish man. Is this really your baby? You find yourself still holding the baby uncertain and trembling. The baby shrieks and cries. Can we feed the baby? Feed baby. But no, between the baby's wailing and, and everything else, you just can't. There's something missing. You find yourself still holding the baby, uncertain and trembling. For a strange moment, you think you hear the reed bird calling again outside. But the baby starts in again, wiping the sound from the air and from your ears. Hmm. Put shears on baby. <laughs> Slowly... You bring the flat of the sharp blade up to the baby's cheek, but stop sort, uncertain. So instead, you grasp one of the baby's little hands to keep it steady. With your other hand, press the cold blade across its arm. The moment you do so, the baby squeezes your fingers with its tiny ones, strong. You draw back, nearly dropping the shears. The baby continues squealing. That's not conclusive. Try it again. No. This time, you do touch the, the flat of the shear's blade to the baby's cheek. After holding it steady with a hand across the forehead, the baby flinches away from the cold touch, shrieking, or rather, carrying on with its shrieking. The baby's wails reach a peak, rattling the bones in your head. <sighs> so, what's your expert opinion of this baby, Dr. Veter? Um... I hate babies. I don't hate babies, <laughs> but like I have no um even babies that I like, I will refuse to hold. Um I never want to be left alone with a baby. That would be the worst fate. Um <laughs> so it's possible that um uh when I uh when I played this game, I killed the baby just because I didn't want to have to worry about a baby. Um, sure, that makes sense. I might not be the person best qualified to play this game. <laughs> okay. Well, should we just go throw the baby in the river? Um, yeah, let's throw the baby in the river. Okay. What are the commands that you would like to enter into this text adventure computer game to obtain... <laughs> uh, this end. Exit. Exit cottage? Exit cottage. I only you can't see any such you. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, oh, just, boy. Just exit. Just exit. Yeah. The baby in your arms, you pause at the doorway, considering the darkening sky outside, the way the wind shakes the reeds, the river that you know is there. Your heart sinks, battered down by the howling, all the months of it. But this is not how babies are supposed to act, is it? You look again at the baby, it's twisted features, more twisted now from the constant crying. Could it be true? Could this creature be really not yours at all, but one of the small folk? A changeling? 
Is it true? You take a step backwards away from the doorway for now. The baby thrashes in its cries, straining against your grasp. So I get the sense that this game doesn't actually want us to throw the baby in the river unless we really, really mean it. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting about this game is the way that it makes you declare that you mean it without making you declare it, because that's not um, elegant. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, one way, because I've been trying to think of how to do this in the game that I'm working on right now. So I want to see if this works. Um, just go outside again. I will type exit again. Yeah. The baby in your arms. You pause at the doorway, considering the darkening sky outside, the way the wind shakes the reeds, the river that you know is there. Cold, welcome certainty calms your heart and stills your shaking hands. Yes, of course, this isn't really your baby. Just look at it. Just listen to it, you think to yourself, and catch yourself almost laughing, giddily, as if you've had any choice but to listen all this time. It is a monster, a creature of the forest, come to play you for a fool, and it did, for a while. But God bless that tailor for knowing what to do. And now you know what you have to do, too. Holding the squirming, bawling creature at arm's length, you walk back out into the windy evening. You wonder how the exchange will happen. Perhaps they already know that their trick has ended and they'll be waiting for you with your real baby. Or maybe you'll come back home to find him asleep in the crib. You're rather sure you've heard of that happening before. Either way, they'll have to return him once you throw the false child back to them. That's simply how it works. You can't help but smile, looking forward to seeing your child again as you make your way south towards the river. The end. Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Would you like to restart, restore a save game, quit, or undo the last command? Mm, should we restore our saved game? Untitled? I will note at this point there are there are uh, there are a total of three endings. Three which endings. Are branch from yeah, you've mentioned two of them. There, there's a third one which, um, yeah, if if you if you don't stumble upon it, I can just key that in for you. When yeah, we just tell. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't think we want to do. I mean. I guess I've never seen the don't throw the baby in the river ending. <laughs> um, do we, I, we have time to see all the endings. Let's do it. Jenny, you drive. Okay. You baby yeah, non-killer. Um, okay. I don't remember what I did, but what happens if we just put the baby in the cradle? Um, well, first of all, should we uh, restore the, the the game I saved, or should we undo? Either of them are viable options, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Why don't we just undo, then? Okay. Undo. Inside your cottage. Previous turn undone. Okay. So try put baby in cradle. You pause, catching yourself thinking in spite of all the confusion. The baby just needs to be put to bed is all. And how many times you've thought that before? And yet, more than once, often in fact, you found yourself watching over the baby in its cradle, sleeping softly, and couldn't imagine yourself belonging anywhere else. Oh yes, sighs the darker part of you, very easy, because that's the only time it's quiet, that and when it's feeding. For a moment, you close your ears to the cries, and you try to close your mind to what he had suggested, and all the stuff I read before. Is this really your baby? You still hold the baby, uncertain. 
The baby's cries subside for a few heartbeats and then resume as loud as before. Okay. Yeah, let's let's put him in the cradle. Yeah. I will repeat the last command. Okay. Gee. But no. Between the baby's shrieking and everything else, you just can't. There's something missing. Mm. There's you still something hold missing. the baby uncertain. The baby's wails reach a peak, rattling the bones in your head. Hmm. X baby. The baby cries and cries, its face twisted around its endless howling. Okay. Um. Hmm. So there's something missing. What else was in the cottage? It's a table. Look under table. You find nothing of interest. Oh. <laughs> so suspense. The baby shrieks and cries. Kiss the baby. Do you want to kiss the baby? Yeah, kiss the baby. Kiss the baby. But no, between the baby's shrieking and everything else, you just can't. There is something missing. A name. Kiss You Anda. find yourself... Anda. Still holding the baby, uncertain and trembling. Kiss Anda. Anda. Yes. You step back and look at the baby, at its face. Yes, its features are all twisted up by its crying, and yes, maybe they're a little strange just the same. But the deeper resemblance is undeniable. Part of you wants to curse his cowardice for suggesting that it was any other way. But there will be time for that later. The rest of you, the whole of your heart, reaches out to the child. You know as, sh as sure as the day it was born that it, that he, is truly yours. Anda is a girl's name. Um, you're not the first to be disappointed that I chose to make the baby a, a boy. And uh, I, I think I, one of my favorite reviews of this game was by um, uh, Catherine uh, Moriarty, who was like, no, it... It should clearly be a girl because I really want to pair this game with um, Down by the River by What's Her Face. <laughs> I don't but, know that uh, one. Um, I'll look it up in my iTunes. Hang on. Um, hmm. Oh, PJ Harvey, Down by the Water, excuse me. Okay. Which is sort of the unofficial uh, theme song of this game by way of that review. Okay, so now can we put the baby in the cradle? Put Anda in the cradle. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I typed is put baby in cradle. Gently, you lower Anda into his cradle. Cradle? Cradle. Then pull up the chair beside it and sit. You yourself can barely hear the lullaby you sing over his crying, but you know that soon enough he'll sleep. And soon enough again, God willing, he'll grow. Growing is what babies do. And this is your baby. The end. Yay! Okay. We didn't kill the baby! Well, I did kill the baby. <laughs> I killed that baby twice. Uh, uh, I guess you like I only killed it once. Would you like to restart? Restore a saved game? See some suggestions for amusing things to do? Quit or undo the last <laughs> wait, command? Wait a second. Oh, yeah, amusing. Wait a second. <laughs> Are you saying that amusing comes up 
if you don't kill the baby, but if you kill the baby, you don't get to see the amusing list. That is precisely what I'm saying, yes. I cry foul. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I have always been uncertain of the fact that I consider... So I qual- the three endings of the game, the way that I think they're labeled in the source code is um, tragic, hopeful, and uh, ambiguous. I forgot what I called the third one. But if on- I considered the hopeful ending, which is the one we just read, the, the quote, true, unquote, ending. And I don't know. And, and I reward you. if you, it's, it's a little more difficult to get to. And I reward you by, you know, in, in some ways it. In some ways, it's a happy ending. In some ways, you get this extra little bonus command. But I've I've always been uncertain whether or not I should clue with the other endings whether there's more you can find. But I will even I'll clearly never change it because it's been six years and I'm yeah. not going to change it now. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, let's see what amusing things I missed out on by killing a baby. <laughs> oh, really? You know what? I thought it would actually tell you something. No, an illustrated afterword for this game is available on the web. Please visit jmac.org slash warbler slash afterword. Oh, yeah. Reading is really amusing. (laughs) Give me a break. I'm amused already. Okay. Sorry. I thought it would. I I was really looking for it. It's like, I I can't remember what I typed here. Oh, boy. And it's like, yeah. Like, I even linked to that from the game's homepage. It's not even. (laughs) Oh, well. Sorry, well, everybody. <laughs> okay, so what's this third ending? Third should we try ending. to look for? I think we should just get Jason to tell us what it is, honestly. Okay. The third ending is uh, you you just uh, leave your cottage without the baby. Oh, okay, let's, let's try that. that. Uh, let's see. Drop uh, baby, I guess would be the command. Throw happens. baby at whatever. <laughs> so... Okay, I, what I did was I, I, I hit undo. I think at this point, though, you're locked into never. Like, when you hit drop baby, it says you'd never. So mm. I think your baby... So locked, we should restore. Yeah, you're locked into getting the good ending at this point. Uh, so I'm going to restore from the zoom. And I'm just going to head right on out the door. I typed west. No, this isn't right. You must have done something wrong again. It was that broken egg, surely. There's still time, surely. Maybe you'll try the forest this time. Maybe when you get there, you'll just keep walking. The end. Wow. That yeah, is that's the... messed up. Yeah. That is scarier than throwing a baby in the river, honestly. Yeah. 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 No, because it's probably a more humane... I'm, and not to get so dark on this podcast that we're talking about more and less humane ways to murder a baby. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, that's the game. There's probably a little thing or two that went unexamined. but um, So you did not technically get 100% completion, but you did get all the endings. Hey. And that is, you, you, you got the gist of it, so well done. All right. So did you want to talk about your folklore research? Um, well, again, I, I do link to this from the afterward, which I was like reminding myself of, uh, slightly before the, uh, we started recording, but yeah, my research is, I'm going to see if this page is even still here. Oh, there it is. 
there is a web page which I link to from the aforementioned afterward page, which you can find linked to from the game's homepage, uh, called Changeling Legends from the British Isles by one D.L. Ashelman, excuse me, Ashleman of the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and this is a very long, old school, you know, 90s style web page with no CSS on it with lots and lots of uh, changeling legends from various British uh, cultures. And um, they all, they have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of, a, a surprising amount of, maybe not surprising, but they have an interesting amount of elements in common, such as, um, like, there is a parent or parents who are troubled by their kid acting weird, and then some dude whose business it is to wander through these little towns, and it's often a, a, a tailor, is like, oh, I know what your problem is. It's a goblin. You should do this. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they, they do the test, and the, uh, like, invariably, the, the little kid will jump up and say, ah, oh, that's weird. And then... <laughs> Uh, it's meant to be kind of a funny story too. And then like they either kill it or they, they Thanks. say, ah, you're actually a goblin. And he's like, yeah, I'm a goblin. Let me give you <laughs> your real kid back. Sorry, everybody. Oh, ho, ho, you got me. Yeah, basically. I was just going to live in your house for forever and let you pay for my college. And, <laughs> but... um, and my, my understanding is, uh, like I, I had heard of this before, um, and I specifically heard that Changeling Legends uh, or, or this this folklore had its roots in uh, just explaining like why a baby was acting in a way that babies are not like not acting by the book for one reason or another, whether it was developmentally disabled or whether it was just colicky or whether it was just noisy and inconvenient. And mm. this is a way to like explain that away as like saying, oh, maybe it's not actually a human. What do you think of that? Um and that's that's just something I, I just learned at some point in my life and, and and heard references to. And the thing that actually made this click for me as, oh, this is a really messed up game idea, is I played a game on my Xbox, which I just randomly downloaded because it looked weird, uh, called Xeno Clash. Um, and this would have been in the summer of 2010. And it is one of the mo most brilliant just... I have a. I've written a long blog post about it. Um, uh, I don't know if you do show notes, but we can link that or whatever. But it is one of the most brilliant games I have ever played in the horror genre because it is mm. specifically the kind of horror that I really like. In that, it's not about body horror per se, and it's not about horrible, scary things happening to people, but it's about a, a different world uh, operating under different rules and everything is extremely weird, mm. but it's not weird for the people inside of it. And you, the player character is searching for, what is the player character's goal? You, you like, you're a member of this like semi stone age tribe and you're searching for something and your parent is a creature called mother father um, and the first shot of the game is the cinematic of this strange bird-like, this this tall bird-like figure in a cloak who is tending to these little chubby babies who are just crawling around and acting all cute. And they're like playing with this like weird monster who is very tenderly caring for them. And it comes out that um, you, like, the babies and also your player character and also this vast horde of siblings that you meet are all, all humans 
that have been stolen from their their cribs uh, by this by this this goblin fairy creature who you all call Mother Father, and uh, and I recognize that oh this this is this like take on the changeling legend, and that just got me to think about a different way of thinking about it. So it's not actually hilarious when goblins steal babies. No, <laughs> it's serious business. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, I don't know why. And I never, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but the, the actual moment of inspiration came when I was at the, I have to find out where in Massachusetts this is, but my, my parents-in-law were visiting us and I was at, we all went to the Higgins Armory Museum, which is in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I didn't know this. I wasn't expecting this, but it's really, if you're ever in Worcester, Massachusetts, you should totally go to the Higgins Armory Museum because they have a lot of suits and armor and weapons and stuff. It's really cool. And uh, this is clearly, and uh, so, so Ryan, have you ever, what's your exposure to, um, I know you're playing D&D right now. Yeah. And I don't know the the current state of D&D, but like uh, my prime D&D plan years or uh, obsessive D and D source book reading years. Sure, sure. Um, were you know first edition moving into second edition, okay. and first edition was well defined among other things by the fact that Gary Gygax really loved pole weapons, and in his book <laughs> Unearthed Arcana, there are pages and pages where he just lists all these pole weapons. Like I, I can't even, you know, what I'm talking about they have I, these crazy French names. I only like know this that, by way of net hack, which yeah. has all those guys. The best one oh, is yeah, the Bec de Corbon. Right the Pec de, Bec de Corbon. Yeah. That's, that's the one I was about to say. You just pronounced <laughs> it better than I was about to high five. But there's also like, uh, my, my favorite in there is the, the man catcher. And there's this, uh, description of what a man catcher is. Um, <laughs> And and all these other uh, yeah like five kinds of halberds and they're all they're all there with their gold piece values in our Earth Arcana and they were hanging around and they and from there they went on to NetHack and from there they went on to all these other uh, CRPGs because they're like oh these are official D- these are what D and D players use we have to put them in the game even though yes. as far as game effects go they're all confusing and identical um, <laughs> and. The source of Gary Gygax saying, I must put 50 types of pole weapons into my game right now, is <laughs> the Higgins Armory Museum at Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh. walk in, and there they all are, against a wall. And I was not expecting that. And I knew as soon as I saw it, I said, this is Unearthed Arcana. I am looking, I'm standing inside of this book somehow. And I was not expecting that. What this wow. has to do with the Warbler's Nest, I have no idea. But within I was an hour, wondering I had, where the, we were I had the idea for this game within an hour. I don't wow. know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> the effects of pole weapons on the brain. Um, I forget because I started playing in fourth edition. I forget what the rules were there, but in fifth edition, the uh, weapons list is pretty short, and they uh, the many pole weapons I think have been reduced to a halberd and a glaive. And I think they're identical except for their damage type. I was always disappointed that the glaive was not the glaive from the movie Krull. The I believe the 1982 movie. When is that movie? I'm on Wikipedia anyway, so we may as well just look all this stuff sure. up, right? Uh, Krull, a 1983 heroic fantasy film. Yeah, the 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 Krull from the movie was a, a, a five bladed throwing knife. And uh, the glaive in D and D is not that at all. I was. I just searched Wikipedia for Crow. 
Like, I didn't know what was going to show up. No, that's a different movie. No, K R U L L. Oh, open okay. I'm getting an film. article about some kind of bird. No, that's what a crow is. That's correct. Topical. No, Crawl It's also was a pretty good video game. It was a weird, weird fantasy movie. Not very oh, good. Yeah. I, I bet it has its fans. I shouldn't, I shouldn't throw shade on it right now. I, I probably liked it at the time. <laughs> Had no sequels. No one um, quotes it anymore. So, uh, what this game always makes me think of is um, the Sandman volume, A Game of You. That oh. is that the one with the cuckoo? The, yes, I was about to yeah. say with the lesbians, but it also had a cuckoo in it. And that's cool. yeah, that's the only Sandman volume that I currently have on my shelf. Um, that is certainly the origin of my knowledge about how cuckoos operate. Uh-huh. Because that is also the first Sandman books I read. So after um after people on the on the primordial internet, uh, when I was using the the GE, uh, the General Electric online service Genie, wow. and I went to the comics forum there, and people said you should read Sandman, and I did. And the the current story arc at that time was a game of you. So yes, that is how I learned about um, about cuckoos and about brood parasitism. Excuse me, par. Para said, ah, man, alive. You say, know it, say it perfectly Paratitism. and I can edit it so that it sounds like you never messed up. Now I'm going to read it from my own website. Brood parasitism, as in parasite, but the noun form of the word. Wait, parasite already is a noun. Sorry, I just swore in your podcast. This <laughs> is getting worse. Con- not to be confused with parasatanism. Yeah, well. Completely different. The point is, um, yeah, cuckoos are, are very disturbing in what they do in real life. And, uh, yeah, cuckoo birds, what they do is they lay uh, eggs in other birds' nests, and a frequent victim of them is the, the weed reed warbler. And the, uh, the cuckoo, the little cuckoo chicks hack, hatch first, and without a further thought, what they do is they uh, back into the, uh, the bird's own eggs and just knock them right out of the nest. And then it's like, yes, I'm actually your... Your baby bird, you should feed me instead. Here I am. I, I see no other birds here. It must be me. And the reed warble. <laughs> like, uh, okay, sure. Guess we're doing that then. Yeah. And yeah, there's a really up. cool photograph on. Um, you, there's some source photographs on jmac.org slash warbler slash afterward, uh, which are basically photographs of things that appear in the game. Um, and there's a nice photograph of a tiny little reed warbler feeding a ginormous. Uh, mouth wide open. Yeah, man, I'm looking at these images right now. It's it's, it's kind of ridiculous how much bigger this cuckoo chick is than this tiny little reed warbler. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening in the game when during that scene. Well, all right. But according to you, that's not what's happening in the cottage because you are making it canon once and for all that there is no changeling in this game and that the person who kills the baby has apparently done something wrong. (laughs) Because I don't reveal a link to the afterward unless you do the, the save the baby ending. Well, you said that that ending was real on this podcast. No, what I, what I believe I said was quote, true unquote, leaving a little bit of ambiguity in there. But 
it sounds mm. like you are disappointed that I, through the game structure, I am suggesting that it is less ambiguous than you would like. I, which is, yes. Well, <laughs> I have a pretty great opinion, and you're all gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna regret. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Are we ants? Just for that, I'm not going to tell you my great opinion that I had figured out how to say. Um, I think that... All I can say is what I've already said. um, That whatever is under the hood as far as how the Warbler's Nest manages to uh, figure out what you've decided about the situation um, is really impressive and um, kind of important for uh, interactive fiction to be able to um, do that kind of thing. Eloquently put. Thank you, Ryan Veter. <laughs> that means a lot to me that, that you, you think of as highly as the game and say those words in that order about it that you do. Um, and, uh, to get back to something that we almost discussed, I, I think, um, because of, because it's so, uh, it depends so much on the player deciding what's going on in the world. Um, it is a little disappointing to see structurally or podcastly the author imply that, one or the other in- interpretation is the correct one, um, but uh, not in a way that ruins anything. And we were talking about this um, on the the Horrible Pyramid podcast, um, which Jenny remembers. Uh, Jason, uh, you probably haven't yeah. had a chance to. We were talking all about... Never mind. We can't refer to any previous episodes of this <laughs> podcast. No, we're tying up loose ends here. Um, well, yeah. In the Horrible Pyramid podcast, we were all talking all about how um, can it... Like, if if one of these uh, endings is canon, then which one is canon and what does that mean? And it's very important mm-hmm. to me to know which one is the real ending so, because um, what the which one is real determines what the game means if we leave it up to the player um then the this is going to be a a strong claim but um i'm going to say if the author doesn't know what the game means then the game doesn't really mean anything ooh hmm. Wow. Those are bold words. Yeah. I want to say right now that I will not defend that point. So don't try. <laughs> hmm. but I don't know whether or not I agree with you. I don't well, know. You probably don't. I bet most people don't. But, like, that's... Um, and I'm not sure that I actually believe that, but that's the... Uh, source of the anxiety that I have over that game is that if um, if I can't make up my mind about what's going on in the game 
then um, I look down at my hands and it's like, well, now they're disappearing. They're fading away. (laughs) Okay, we just need your mom to go on a date with your dad. Okay. I, su- I suppose at this point, you know, I'm a strong believer in in uh, in, in authorial intent theory, mm-hmm. and that as the creator of this work, my opinions on the work do do not matter. That the work stands for itself, and what you as a, pr- a player and its audience bring to it is what you fill it with. I just I just make the thing and then I leave. All right, yeah. you know, I made the. And I, don't... I can give you my own interpretations of it. And I don't think they're any more uh, correct or incorrect as yours. Okay. But I can also understand why you think that's baloney. <laughs> well, I don't think that's baloney. I think, I mean, I don't think that what a player finds in uh, someone else's work amounts to nothing if it's not what the author intended. Um, but right. I think that uh, the... Um, the author's uh the author's interpretation of their own work is special in some way that an outside observer's uh, an uh, impression of the work doesn't have sure i feel like i would be upset if someone looked at something i had made and said something like well this is clearly the author trying to assert the uh superiority of the aryan race yeah, yeah. and i would be like whoa 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 no yeah, cle- up, clearly people can be wrong. This has been uh-huh. observed. <laughs> but then at the same time, I don't want to invalidate, like, if someone finds something in there that is not deeply offensive to me that I didn't intentionally put there, I, I kind of want to let them have that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you... Um, how about this? If you write a game all about the Crimean War... But, you know, the characters are ants. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's like the ant version of the Crimean War. And you're trying to express this deep opinion of the Crimean War that you have. You release this game and everyone's like, oh, it seems to be a game about ants. And no one ever, um, everybody's interpretation of the game misses what you were trying to say about it. No one ever figures mm-hmm. out that you had this thing about the Crimean War that you were trying to say. It, isn't there a problem with that? Yeah, you probably didn't do a good enough job you of probably making your thing about the Crimean War. Yeah. But doesn't that yeah. also mean that the people who failed to understand your game are wrong? Well, yeah, but it's like if you try to communicate to me that you would like a sandwich... And and what you wind up saying is artificial fruit bat. But then that's not my fault that I didn't understand and give you a sandwich. It's not about fault, for one thing. It's just about whether you correctly interpreted me or not. There is right. a correct interpretation of what I said when I said artificial fruit bat, isn't there? Yes, and I was wrong about that. Yeah. But and not to bring it back to fault, but it's totally not my fault. I don't care whose fault it is. I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm I'm just saying there are very few potential universes in which I could have been right. That's not what it's about. It's about whether you were right or not. 
Okay. <laughs> I have totally lost the thread. Well? Jason, are you still... Do you still exist? Oh, yes. Oh, great. Okay. Of course, it's not really mine to say whether or not I exist. <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs>